Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Today, I have a great interview with a fellow podcaster, but not only a fellow podcaster, he is a champion of the AFL game. Yes, it's Sean Higgins from the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Now, I know Sean is one of the golfing guys down there at the Kangaroos, part of the golf team. I just thought it was a great opportunity to catch up with Higgo about his golf, about his role as a leader, but more importantly, about his new venture in the podcast with Rich Maloney, the Mindfulness and Sport podcast. It's a really great chat with Higo about all of those topics. In particular, I think you'll get a lot out of his discussions around leadership. And go and tune into the Mindfulness in Sport podcast because any time that I think we get to hear from everyday champions about their life and how they're bringing their life to the people in, the, in this time in the form of a podcast, I think that's really valuable listening, really valuable learning. So pop the Mindfulness in Sport podcast onto your listening rotation. Give Higo and Richard a, a listen. They've got some great insights into their world and I'm pretty confident that it's something that you'll get a lot of value out of in your own personal life. So enjoy my chat with Sean Higgins from the North Melbourne Kangaroos, fellow golfer, leader in the in the game, and now fellow podcaster with the Mindfulness in Sport podcast. Thanks for listening. Jump over to iTunes, leave us a review, give us some feedback, jump onto the Higgos podcast. Thanks for your support. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. Sean Higgins, welcome to the My Love of Gold podcast. How are you, mate? I'm good, Ross. Thanks for having me, mate. Mate, it's great to see you. It's been a while since we've caught up uh, in a golfing sense, uh, and we haven't been golfing, so um, I'm sure that we'll still get to catch up shortly on the golf course, hopefully very soon. But uh, mate, you've obviously been uh, busy with your own podcast, the Mindfulness in Sport podcast, and congratulations on doing that. But what else has been keeping you busy, mate? You're obviously one of the stars of the AFL, and it's been a different time for everyone in, in this world. How have you been uh, going, mate, in uh, this time of COVID-19? What have you been up yeah, to? Yeah, well, it's an unusual time, isn't it, that we're all living through. But I think at the same time, there's plenty to be learned from it. So a few things that are keeping myself busy along with the rest of the boys, we're trying to keep the footy aspect of it as normal as possible If through un- these uncertain times. So we're having regular meetings and catch-ups online. We've obviously got a physical program that we're, that we're sticking to. So from a football side of it, still getting the work in, which is great, making sure that I'm ready to get back into performing as quickly as we as we can once we get the green light and hopefully that that's sooner rather than later. And in terms of life, mate, and golf, it's obviously some restrictions, but you'd be pleased to know I've converted a little patch in the backyard into a putting green. So I spent a few days getting that levelled out and the crushed rock down and the synthetic turf out there. So I've got three holes in the background, there's no excuses for my putting at the moment. Um, and a little bit of family time as well to round it out. So we've been able to keep our days pretty busy, mate. But um, looking back to getting some normality back into my life. Mate, what a great addition to the uh, new abode down there. A three-hole putting complex out the back. You might need to send me a picture of that. That sounds fantastic. I'll send you a picture. It's doing a little bit. I need to get a bit of sand on it just to level it out <laughs> underfoot. But uh, there's definitely a couple of nice breaks in there for us. Can you get a chip in? Can you chip? You could put a little bit of chipping grass in there as well or just putting only? No. So I've 
got a little bit of an offcut that goes underneath the clothesline and we can chip in. There's all, and if you want to get adventurous, you can chip over my daughter's cubby house onto the putting green. But um, mainly just putting at the moment, mate. Beautiful. Let's keep talking about your golf for a second. And that's how we got to know each other you know, a good few years ago now. What is what does golf mean to you in your life? You know, obviously as a professional athlete where, you know, you're so dedicated to your craft, what does golf mean in terms of having that outlet and having that uh, other sport, that other environment to go to? Well, as you know, it's it's somewhat addictive. And if you ask my wife, she would uh, definitely agree to that. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something in the challenge of it that a lot of us footballers, but myself, love. And like you said, we cross paths uh, in at your work, but there's there's some sort of addiction when you pick up a golf club that maybe because we're never going to master it and we're used to being be able to do a sport that we can find the end point almost. Mm-hmm. And that's the great complexity of golf is that every time you go out there, you feel like you're going backwards. But that's the that's the great thing about it. The challenge for me is what it is. But there's something about driving through the gates of a golf course that gives me this massive sense of relief and freedom. And, you know, I just love the four or five hours of going out and playing golf, you know, particularly through the preseason time. And when the, when it's nice weather and you're on a good golf course, you know, honestly, it compares to playing the two hours of footy, the joy that that brings, you know, that's, that's why I love golf and, I'm I'm excited to be able to play more of it when my football comes to an end. Where does the the balance between that mindfulness space and and we'll get to talking about your mind, uh, mindfulness in sport podcast uh, shortly, but the mindfulness of golf, you know, that relaxation that you talk about, and then you know, I've been around, you know, you guys on a golf course, I've played with uh, some of your teammates, then the competitive element. <laughs> Where, where does the balance come there? I, I think it's probably more on the competitive side when you're with the boys, but uh, you yeah. know, how does it go? Well, I think there can be a mixture of both, but the, the, uh, it's probably that would be more personal, I, I take it, when we're, we're on the golf course with a few mates, as I'm sure you experience as well. But there's the aspect of being out in the fresh air and nature and enjoying that side of it, of the mindfulness space, but then also the mindfulness space that I've love and intrigued about and curious about is how do I get the best out of myself Mm -hmm. and really there's no greater level than golf because you constantly got to be in the present of that exact shot that you're playing and you would know yourself if playing far more golf than I ever have but if you get stuck in the past or you're worrying about what your score is going to be in the next hole or your total round then that's when things go astray and that that really is what mindfulness is for me and in football I can then relate that to golf, but I think it's just magnifies so much more on a golf course. Do you get the opportunity to bring some of that mindset and learning from the golf course to footy, or is it more the other way? Do you the skills that you learn about footy and how to deal with the the highs and lows and the minute by minute, blow by blow? There, can you bring that more to golf? I think a little bit of, of both, but I think the technical aspect you can take from golf to football because, as you know, it it very much is routine and technique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very similar to the close skill of goal kicking, if you took that for an example, with golf. And then I guess what you can take from football to golf maybe is the enjoyment factor and keeping your energy up and, and that sort of thing. But um, clearly the technical aspect of a particular shot, you know, I, I just love to watch and 
on YouTube or Foxtel, whatever it is, of the great players of playing golf, just the work that they put in repetition after repetition. I think as footballers, we can take a hell of a lot out of that, particularly in the goal kicking space, but also, you know, skill based as well, that these are the best players in the world practicing three foot parts regularly. Yet we think we can, one with a golf club, go out there every second weekend and, and shoot a great score. But even with football, that because we're in the AFL, maybe we don't need to practice the basic skills as much. I think there's great lessons from both. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I never think about you guys as, as pros sitting at the front of the goals and, and doing those 40-yard shots in front, for example. Yeah. And I'm sure by the sounds of it, you know, you, there's probably people that do need to spend more time and do spend more time with that type of discipline. So, yeah, that's that's probably applies across the both. Mate, I've played with, uh, as I said, some of the boys. Um, who are the golfing crew down there at North Melbourne Football Club? Yeah, there's a, it's a good little crew. It's changed over the times, but the crew at the moment, uh, obviously myself, Jared Moore, who's a assistant coach at the football club, Jamie McMillan, a, a teammate, um, there's a couple of guys that dabble in it a little bit, but I guess the, the main four would be Nathan Rovat, who's a past player now that's on the staff, Jared Moore, myself, and Jamie McMillan. Zeebs and a couple other boys dabble in it a little bit. But I guess the, the great story is that of Nathan Rovat because two years ago I would play against him and he wouldn't mind me saying that he was a little bit erratic and all over the shop and you talk about putting in the practice and the work and the technique and the lessons, and he did just that. And now he's he's a really good player, and um, it just shows that the hard work and dedication, repetition, and if the practice that you put in, you can really change your golf pretty quickly. And I'm sure you would know about that. But he just puts the time in and down to single figures now, so he's going well. Is he down to single figures? So we had a game down at Peninsula with uh, Nathan and J Mac uh, a little while ago, and and I'd never met Nathan before, but uh, yeah. Geez, the fire in his eyes for golf and, you know, the excitement of playing golf was like I'd not seen for a long time, you know. It was it was infectious. It was really good. And, and we've stayed in contact and I think he's become, you know, probably my number one training aid uh, client down there. He's uh, he's always looking out on the, uh, look, on the lookout for a new training aid or something like that. So, um, yeah. No, yeah. Cool. Well, he, I mean, in terms of knowing what golf club you're using, what putter, what ball, what grass we're on, um, it's. I mean, he just lives and breathes it, as I'm sure you would come across yeah. many guys that do. We we had a little trip down to Barnburgle at the completion of last season. Myself, Jamie, Nathan, um, and my old man as well, which we try and get away at the end of it each year. And it was his first time down there, and the, the look in his eyes when we drove through the gates there and played three or four rounds across a few days. Um, yeah, he loves it, but I think that's the that's the joy and the fun of golf as well, isn't it? You get to ex- share these experiences and what a place that is down there. Yeah. My joke is the, I'm still the only guy in Melbourne that hasn't been. So, uh, well, yeah. you can come on it. You can join our next one, mate. When we're up and flying again, let's go down. Absolutely, mate. Don't, uh, that's, I'll hold you to that. I will be, I will, I will be there. Now, Zeebs, we've just got to get Zeebs off the fishing rods, mate, and get him back onto the golf, the golf rods. Yeah. Well, there's a group of boys set up a little group called the Arden Street Anglers. Um, <laughs> And they're probably outnumbering us golfers at oh, the moment, dear, but uh, it's all good fun. It's the passion and the love, I guess, that they have for fishing that we have for golf. As very well. good, very good. Now, mentioning Zeebs, you partner with him as part of the leadership crew down there at uh, the North Melbourne Footy Club, and you know, I remember when I first met you, and I, you know, I'm not, 
I don't come from Victoria, so, you know, you know I'm a golf guy and, you know, footy is something that I've had to learn along the journey since moving from New South Wales to Victoria. But when I met you, you stood out to me as a leader, you know, just in your aura or your persona and just the way that we communicated. What does leadership mean to you through the journey of your, you know, football career, you know, from being a young fella in Geelong, moving to the Western Bulldogs and now moving yeah. into North Melbourne? You know, you've always been, you know, positioned as that leadership entity what does it mean to you mate and what what some of that craft mean yeah well to be honest Ross it's changed along the way um I was fortunate enough and in some ways it was a positive and a negative I went into the leadership group at a young age at the Western Bulldogs and I was in there I think I was maybe 20 or 21 learning off some of the great players in the competitions your Brad Johnson's your Matty Boys were in there at, at that time Luke Darcy was a captain when I joined the Western Bulldogs but my journey of leadership, I think, has really taken off or expanded since I've been at North Melbourne and understanding that us as leaders create an environment to bring out the best in a lot of different personalities. And, and that's one thing that I've grown and developed over my time that um, I was demanding when I was younger that and didn't really have the em- empathy and compassion for guys that went about it in a different way. And if you weren't training flat out or loving the game, then you weren't putting in the work that I thought was required. And I've changed a little bit of that. And yes, there's time and place to do the work that's needed at hundred percent. We go flat out when we're training, but also having that balance and understanding that the people are, are made up in different personalities and characteristics and um, passions and purposes. And that's been really my growth and experience and development in leadership. And I think I've become a lot more understanding and hopefully create an environment where all different personalities get to bring out the best in themselves. What has leadership given you off the course, uh, off the off the footy field, sorry? Has it helped you in in life? You know, like you're, you've got a life outside of footy, you know, married, family, business, all that sort of thing. Yeah. What has it given you outside of footy? Yeah, so I guess the parallels with football, and I guess it's golf as well in, in a – some, some sense if we're, our listeners are, are into that. So many parallels and characteristics that you take from the sporting field you can take into everyday life. And whether that be running a business or, or even your family, like you said, I'm a husband and also now got a little girl who's two and I guess there's no greater form of leadership than, than being a parent. Mm. Um, and the impact that, like I said before, the impact that we can have on our teammates as leaders in creating environment for them then there's no greater challenge in creating an environment for your children to grow up in and, and what they learn and see and experience uh, and repeat of you, I guess. So living the best version of yourself as a leader, I think is the number one focus to start with. It, I'm massive in the football field of the best way to lead is to take care of your own backyard first, set the right example, make sure that everything you do is up to the standard that you want from others and then people will follow Without maybe naming names, has, uh, has there been a time when you've been challenged as a leader in the club environment where, you know, there's had to be some open and honest conversations, you know, where people haven't you know, maybe followed that example or haven't taken on the advice or haven't been respectful of the culture and the disciplines? Yeah, I think that's two-way. I think there's people have had honest conversations even with myself around losing that a little bit of terms of making sure that what you do is 100% before you worry about the challenge of changing everyone else. And yeah. I think that's that's the great lesson when you come into a leadership group and 
I have the chat to a few of our young guys that come in, particularly over the last couple of years, is you're not in the leadership group and you get voted in on the back of what you're doing, but then you feel like you need to change and become this different person. But really, you just got to keep being yourself because that's what got you into yeah. the leadership group. And I think when you're young, you feel this burden to try and be perfect and try and be the person that everyone wants you to be rather than being authentic and you know that's the greatest form of leadership and you can lead in your own way so the conversations that have been had to me is focus on what you do well um, help build the other areas that can complement your leadership style um, but the empathy part for me has been huge in developing that um, and the care for, for players and now I use that as, as one of my greatest strengths and, and purposes so that's some feedback that's come to me but then also you're constantly giving feedback to other players and it's not so much in a police form. Like you don't want to be the police in this situation and then feeling like there's a big void between the leadership group and the rest of the team. You really want to make feel like the leaders are just the voice of the whole playing group and that we're here to help and support and care for the players. And once you've got that, and hopefully that gap's bridge between the leader and the rest of the playing group, which I think is important to bring out the best in those guys as well. Yeah, it's always a balance between, you know, that space of being um, confidence building and, and being complimentary versus the, you know, the critiquing part, you know, the, and balancing yeah. that up is a real a real skill. And uh, I can imagine that, you know, in your space that that's something that's happening a lot, you know, because there's so many dynamics to a game of footy and so many roles and so many things that people are responsible for doing that's so integral to the whole operation of the, the unit, I guess. I think a, a really important thing that helps you or gives you the confidence in giving some of that feedback is the environment that you've created and the environment comes from the standards and values and beliefs that you set for yep. the whole organisation or team or whatever it is. And then once they're clear, it's actually quite easy to lead because you can refer back to the values that you've set and people can say, oh yeah, what I've done there doesn't align with what we need as a team or what we need as a teammate. Um, so I think that's really important to get the foundation of what's expected first and then the leader's job is just mainly to hold yourself and everyone else accountable to them. You know, in this time when you've been at home and having to be responsible for your own programs, what does that look like? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great challenge for um, a playing group because you've got guys who are 18 years of age and you've got guys like myself who are 32. Motivations are totally different. Mm. The purpose and energy are different. And also your knowledge is different. So I know what I need to do now to make sure that when we get the green light to play again, that I'm ready to go. But if I had been going through this when I was 18, 19, then that's totally different to the way that I look at things now. So the education is huge through this time for our younger guys. And that's where the leadership comes out. Making sure they're clear on what's expected comes back to the value piece that I mentioned before but make, make sure they're really clear on the expectations and the levels of training that they need to be at so that when we return to play, that they're ready to go. And as a leader, whether you're a coach or a senior player in the leadership group or not, making sure your teammates are looked after and are clear on the expectations and standards that we set is really the centrepiece of it all. As we discussed at the start, you've started a podcast with your partner in crime there, Rich Maloney. Now, Rich, you can tell me and talk me through uh, Rich's role, but you know, yep. your role in the Mindfulness of Sport podcast, that uh, yep. sounds like a great podcast series that you're embarked on. I've listened to a couple of episodes. 
in particular, you know, there's a few things in episode one that I found uh, enlightening, and especially knowing yeah. yourself and listening to, to you, you talk about you. Talk to us about the Mindfulness in Sport podcast and give us an overview of, of what that project's all about for you. Ross, it was a, an interesting journey. And uh, as you mentioned, episode one of our podcast, Mindfulness in Sport, really does go into detail of the story and the background of my story, but also Rich's story as well. But to give a snapshot, Rich and I crossed paths in 2011, 2012, when he was the leadership coach at the Western Bulldogs and running a leadership development program. Him and I touched base more in the mindfulness space, really, and I was curious to learn more about some of his teachings in that area. And I dabbled a little bit for a couple of years, but to be honest, I didn't fully invest myself. And then in 2013, I had a serious injury to my foot. I broke a navicular bone in my foot. I had surgery. I missed 12 months and wasn't sure if I would return back playing given the nature of that injury. So I thought what an opportunity to jump into the mindfulness space and to go to work on myself and to really discover the connection between what my mind was saying to myself and the impact that had on my body and performance. And now fast forward another six or eight years, moved to North Melbourne. I've been able to turn my football career around and also turn other aspects of my life around and feel better in myself and um, clearer mind and have a greater understanding of the impact that that has. And uh, it's been a fascinating journey, one that I'm still learning today. And on the back of that, last year, I was really keen to, after chatting to a number of guys at my football club and guys that I played against, I started to realise that so many guys were having similar challenges and going through very similar things in their football and their life that I had gone through. And I thought, what better way to start a podcast, give some tips and tools, some examples, some challenges that I've had, and hopefully they're very relatable to people and in not just the sporting field, but also in general life. And then they can use these tips and learn from, I guess, my challenges and obstacles that I've had to forge a, a more successful and creative life for them. Absolutely, mate. It's super valuable. And I think that when people can relate, you know, that topic of mindfulness and, you know, getting the best out of yourself and, and just being open to discuss where you are, particularly when you've got some challenges around your life and how, you know, we can work together to create a better mind space. When people see that coming from someone like yourself, I think it just creates a pathway that makes it more accessible, makes it easy to relate to and easy to then embrace, well, you know what, I can join a journey like that myself. So I think it's really valuable that guys and girls, but guys, you know, in your case, yourself, put that out there and be prepared to share it. In terms of sharing, in episode one, uh, you and Rich tell the story about, you know, when you decided to investigate that space a little bit more with Rich and you pulled him aside and said, I just want you and I to work on this. I don't want any of the other yeah. boys to know. And, you know, I guess it goes to that sort of point of, being prepared to be open and share. What was that like? You know, tell without giving away episode one, but you know, I, I found that, you know, quite interesting to hear that story. Well, I guess you would know as well yourself, Ross, and I guess all of us that are that are in this space or interested in this space that things have changed. And we're talking about some fifteen years ago when we first had this conversation or I had first had this conversation with Rich. And really I wasn't exposed to any of this when I started football. And Rich was coming in from a leadership aspect to the footy club and I didn't want, I mean, looking back now, probably silly, but at the stage I didn't want other players or coaches to know that 
I was interested in this space and I think that's the great thing about the world that sport and particular football is that shifted over the last three to five years. We're seeing a greater shift in people coming out, understanding that, you know, the mindfulness space and working on your mind is not just because you've got a severe problem. It's actually to get the best out of yourself. And that's something that I've learned about this program. And I mean, at its essence and its core, it's just a personal activation system to allow you to deal with the pressures of sport and life. And for you golf listeners, there's no greater challenge of pressure and the mind than it is in golf. And that's really what it was for me. But to answer your question, it was probably because back then it wasn't spoken about as freely as it is today. So then what's the plan with the podcast, mate? Is it something that uh, you'll run as a series or is it something that you'll just keep going on its entirety? What's the, what's the goals with uh, putting this out there to anyone around the globe? Yeah, so we've, we're up to uh, dropped about eight or nine episodes uh, as we sit here right now. From ep- episode seven is a four-part series, so episode 7.1 through to 7.4, and it really gives a snapshot of the program that, that I went on and some of the tips and tools that, that I use. And I'm sure people will find that really helpful in relating some of the language and terminology that I use and examples back to what the actual meaning of that is. And then we've got some interviews that we've done, some interviews that we're excited about producing moving forward. And it really is just sharing my story, but also tapping into other people's stories and their aspects and their interpretation of what mindfulness is for them and the role that that's played for them in their performance, whether that be on or off the field. And I'm excited about getting into a few more interviews in the future with some well-known athletes to really tap into what makes them tick and what are the things that they focused on and the tips and tools that they use to get the best out of themselves. But the initial part of it for our listeners, just to get a bit of an understanding of what the Quality Mind program is and how they can get involved if they want, but also what I've done. And then hopefully that makes it clearer for some interviews that we've got lined up in the future. Just tell me a little bit more about the Quality Mind program. What's the, what's the overarching um, you know, role of that? How, does that? how do you implement that? How does someone access that? Yeah, so it's basically a, a personal activation system that's been put in place. Um, Rich was my, he's a creator, but he was my mentor at the time. There's an app so people can jump on. The App Store, Quality Mind Global, get the app. It's free. There's a free version there. It's all around, you know, keeping a conscious awareness of the thoughts that you're having, the emotions that you're experiencing. There's meditations on there. There's journal. uh, There's body balance. You can keep a record of the exercises that you're doing. It really is a great tool just to stay aware of the conversations that are going on in your head because at the end of the day, what you think, what you say, and what you feel about yourself is going to have a huge outcome or it's going to be what creates the future life for you. And that's really what it is about, consciously creating your dreams and then being able to live it. Um, And for me, I've experienced that firsthand on a sporting field and excited about what we've got for the future. What are some of the things, and before I let you go, I'm just interested to find out some of the little practices that you might do at home in in terms of, creating um, a better mindfulness uh, position for yourself you know yeah rich talks about meditation you know and being, yep. when he goes to 
the Gold Coast and, and meditating and surfing and getting into the green room and, you know, being a place of peace and then going to play footy on the weekend. And I thought that was a great story as well. But what do you do at home? Are you, are you into the meditation space? You know, I spoke to Andy Proudman from uh, Me and My Golf uh, the other week and we went yep. through a great uh, series of things that he does and, and the way that he approaches this space, which, you know, he's another one of those people that I really look up to and, and done some great work. What are you, what are you into? Yeah, so the meditation space has been huge for me. So a daily routine of that, particularly in the morning, but just getting my excitement levels up for the day and really taking myself to the future that I want and and feeling that. And it sounds complex and complicated, but it really is easy once you get a handle on it. The the problem is, or I guess the challenge is, making sure that the repetition's high and you do it every day to transform what you were to what you want to become. Um, some meditation in the morning. I do a lot of journaling, um, you know, gratitude journal, but also just journaling um, how I'm feeling at that time and how I want to feel when I get the outcome that I desire. And like I mentioned, a lot of this started with just the football component of my life, but also now do it for the entirety of my life. And uh, yeah, meditation's been huge on that and, and also journaling. And as I mentioned, all of that, you can you can get for free and keep it in one place on the app. Any good reading that you could recommend uh, to the listeners? Well, plenty of books in this space. Um, got an obsession at the moment with Joe Dispenza. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but if you haven't, jump on. You can either YouTube or read some of his books, uh, Becoming Supernatural. And he is massive in this space and uses the science behind, I guess, what I'm talking about now and um, fascinating to be able to create the life that you want. So Joe Dispenza, we can flick your message after this, mate, and you can put it out to all your listeners. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I'll, I will do that. I'll put that in the show notes. Well, Sean, I'm quite keen to keep following on the Mindfulness in Sport podcast. I, uh, I'm i going to put that into the uh, the playlist and on the two-hour commute, uh, it's going to be one of the podcasts that uh, I listen to. I joked with uh, Andy the other day that uh, podcasting and listening to podcasts of, of this genre changed my life in many respects you know I had a that two-hour commute from Mount Eliza into the city and I, I did get to a place where it was not great because being in traffic was not very productive to my sort of sanity in the morning and listening and changing my dynamic in the car and listening to that type of uh, area just made me not want to get out of the car you know I could have had a four-hour commute and I would have wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't have been enough so um I can't wait to get more into your series and uh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit of an insight into the mindfulness and sport podcast and a little bit of your story and that journey how it's created this uh great position that you're now in mate i really do appreciate it well thanks for having me mate yeah i've i've loved the chat i look forward to touching base again whether it be on the podcast or in person and i'm also looking forward to hitting the course again mate so hopefully the restrictions lift and we can organize that tassie trip mate i can't wait to get out there on the course with you and uh and all of the other boys down there at uh, North Melbourne Footy Club. J-Mac, Rovat, who else we got down there? Ed Vickers-Willis, he's a good young fella. Yeah, he's he, a member down at Barwon Head, so we might be able to tap into that Ooh, as well. Nice, yeah. Any, any t- and no excuses required to go to Barwon Heads. <laughs> and uh, 13th Beach, mate, uh, I'll, I'm happy to come down there and play the beach course every day of the week too, mate. So uh, Beautiful, anytime. Very, very good. Higo, I really do appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on the My Love of Golf 
podcast. I'll put all of the links to your podcast. Uh, send me the link to that book or the information on, on that and I'll put that in there. And guys, this is a great opportunity, a great time of reflection, a great time to look at content like Sean's putting out and Rich is putting out and just it's there for us to all take on board and you know if that's uh, where you want to go and and take inspiration from guys like Sean Higgins it's all there giving it out to you for pretty much free so jump on board guys and uh, Tigo thanks again buddy really appreciate your uh, chat thanks Ross I appreciate it too cheers